You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Mm. Welcome in. Daily Vikings Entertainment. This is Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die today. We're going to go into a couple different things, including reckless speculation turned very real, according to Mike Florio, and sort of the latest inventory on what moves the Vikings may still have to make here in the coming weeks. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, our executive producer, and the show is presented by our friends at TCL, now an official partner of the NFL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. And for those people asking in the YouTube comment section, did Mackie get a black eye? Did he get punched in the face? Yes, actually, Judd and I got into a knockdown, drag him out. That Saturday episode was uh, a real doozy. And I was getting, and I was actually going to lose that that fight. And the best part was two cousins crusaders then jumped in and just cold cocked you. Yeah, I got curb stomped by one of them. It was tough. (laughs) I kicked out, though. I kicked out at two. It's dangerous being, I mean, the the crusader life, man, those people are willing to do anything. (laughs) I came in with a Samoan Uh, spike, just got the last guy just to get get him off. Yeah, the the Samoan spike. It's tough to kick out of that thing. Real tough. No, I, uh, I I don't know. I have like some sort of like reaction or something to the cold that I was uh, nursing last week that Judd gave me a week and a half ago, and hopefully I also passed it on to some other people. I don't we, think it was for me now. Forward, like like you're going, you've gone, <laughs> you you've taken it up like three notches. So I'm not sure it was the germ I had. It's very exciting. It also could have been uh, like I was in L.A. for that uh, sports media summit. Maybe HBK actually. Yeah. It's possible Shawn Michaels gave me some sort of respiratory infection. I can see that. We didn't get that close, but like, you know, we were in a picture together, I guess. So, oh, I'll go super kick his head off, is what I'll do. A year plus in Seattle, and you were like a picture of health and wellness. Now I'm back here. Stomach virus. And I mean, you are a mess. (laughs) Is your place in Seattle still uh, available, perhaps? Uh, It actually, uh, we no longer have it as of two days ago. We had it. Oh, I was going to you might want to pack it. Pack up, go right back to <laughs> over the mountains and uh, rectify the problem. Yep. So let's do this. Let's let's play this clip from Mike Florio's Pro Football Talk Live show. Him and and Chris Sims do a daily talk show. Let's just play the clip and react to it. Oh well, I'm and, sure Shanahan might like that too. That he might like that. He well, might take Kirk Cousins right now. Go. <laughs> Apparently, at the scouting combine, there was some chatter. There was some noise among people within the broader league structure, not media, but people in the league about Cousins being traded to the 49ers. That was a hot topic at one point in Indianapolis. And, you know, at this point, Cousins has redone his deal. It's a $38 million cap charge. But you know what? If you're going to swap out Kirk Cousins, you bring in a guy who's under a low-cost contract like a Trey Lance. Trey Lance, North Dakota State, close to home, gets a chance, gets a chance to resurrect his career. 
speculation. Before we go any further, the fact that Mike Florio, who's very plugged in, has taken what I think the first time we ever had this discussion was like three years ago. I think it was like 2020, maybe toward the end of the 2020 season. And we said, you know what? Those Shanahan quotes, those the John Lynch quotes about Shanahan loving Kirk Cousins and being depressed when Cousins signed with the Vikings. There might be a match there at some point. And then, like, we've done that episode or some variation probably five times since 2020. And it's it was just purely, like, a theory and a thought and an idea. But it's made more and more sense of the year, as the years have gone along. The fact that Mike Florio has brought it from reckless speculation to I heard this was a real discussion at the NFL Combine for a couple days among people in the league between the Vikings and the 49ers. What do you make of reckless speculation turning very real here, apparently, in the past several weeks? I like to believe that a lot of reckless speculation is driven by a lot of thought, a lot of care, and a lot of what might happen as far as... See, I don't think I don't think a lot of people get how much goes on inside the, the league. As Gerson Rosas once told us very candidly, you know, you guys wouldn't believe the amount of talks that go on inside the NBA and th- that I have that never get out. So, yeah. like, you know, Shams and Woj, or in this case, Schefter, Florio, you know, they probably, they basically get morsels. Like, they get a few breadcrumbs here and there, but there's so much more. And here's why this is now, to me, it's almost surprising it took this long for, for it like to, to be credibly established that it's going on inside the league. All right. So Quazy is a new age GM. He's definitely of a different thought process than the old school. Don't trade in my division. Don't talk to foes unless I have to, right? Quazy and John Lynch are buddies. Like Quazy worked in the 49ers organization, okay? Mm-hmm. My, my guess is that Quazy has a, has at least uh, somewhat of a relationship with people inside San Francisco where he talks to them on a regular basis about different things. So how would you not think that as the Vikings are basically telling their starting quarterback who would like a new contract that, you know what, dude, we're good. How would you not think that when John Lynch's coach is a guy who loves Kirk and the 49ers have what I would call a lot of quarterbacks, but quarterback uncertainty, yeah. that – how would you think this wouldn't come up? It makes perfect sense. Will it get done? Probably not. It's probably a huge, huge long shot. But if the uh, but if the parts of this come together, and let's say the Vikings draft a quarterback, or let's say something happens, and I don't know, I don't think it's personally going to happen, but the Lamar Jackson thing happens, and Kirk's like, I want out. Well, he's got a no trade. Quasi's not dumb. He's not. He's not going to say, well, will, will you take a trade to the, um, I don't know, the Tampa Bay? He's probably not going to go there. But San Francisco, mm-hmm. he probably would. So, like, yes, this all this, this is why the reaction of the group of of fans, and this is not a problem with, with our PD family, but I feel like it's a problem that certainly exists on Twitter and outside and among the Crusaders. That's stupid. That'll never happen. Again, I'll go back to what Gerson t- told us. There are thousands of conversations you never find out about that involve reckless speculation. Yeah. Well, Dex, what do you think? What do you think of this going from just sort of our discussion on our show to now apparently it's actually being, or or maybe it's not actively being talked about, but it was actually talked about at some point in 2023. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was definitely discussed, right? And to the Gerson point and to the Niners situation that they're in with their quarterbacks uh, with Two of them, who one of them they invested heavily in, and Trey Lance, who's a little bit of a question mark because of leg injury. 
I mean, then Brock Purdy steps in, uh, has to have basically pseudo Tommy John surgery that took them basically to the doorstep of going to the NFC Championship game or going to a Super Bowl, I should say. They have questions at quarterback, and they need something that's reliable. Their roster's ready to win now. They can't really afford to wait on Trey Lance. They can't afford to wait on the status of Brock Purdy. So it makes sense that they were actively pursuing, hey, who's a plug-in guy that makes us good enough to win now and can we can still build around and still have a, a legit piece at quarterback and Kirk Cousins. I understand why they did that. My bigger question is what was the asking price in return? And was Quasey, you know, firm set on we will not trade him for anything less than X amount? I think that's what I'm so curious about. But it makes sense why the Niners were interested. Shanahan loves him. They can't really wait on these two other guys. And then from the Vikings side, what were they willing to give up or what what were they not willing to give up to move on from Kirk Cousins to move them to kind of into an uncertainty at the most important position in football? Just to be clear, I don't think that they I, I don't think that they went there. I here's my guess. Because the Vikings right now, if they if they were to trade Kirk, unless Trey Lance would be their guy, the Vikings might have like three different scenarios that will know much better post draft, right? So my guess is that I, I don't know that these were like trade discussions of an actual the compensation yet. I think that this is just the door being open. It's a like, yeah, it's it's a conversation among friends that's going to, like that internally is going to get out if it, it's had. That doesn't mean that externally it's going to get to uh, Schefter, Florio, and Rappaport. But the, but here's the thing, like if you if you were to just sort of strip away everything, you if you're a Vikings fan or a Niners fan, just like step away from your your emotional attachment and just look at this from a purely outsider's perspective. It's actually, I don't know that you'll find a more obvious trade for both teams. You have one team, the San Francisco 49ers, that need a reliable, professional, healthy, accurate quarterback to just sit in the Ferrari that they've built. The defense is ready to rock and roll. They've got weapons everywhere. They've got a system, a system that you can just plug Brock Purdy into, the you know the 260th pick in the draft or whatever he was mm-hmm. as a rookie, a seventh-round pick. Do you think Brock Purdy is the next Tom Brady, or do you think Brock Purdy is just benefiting from this incredible car right that the 49ers have built? And you don't know how long that Super Bowl window is going to be open. It's been open off and on for the Niners going back four or five years, but it's not guaranteed to be open in three years from now or four years from now. George Kittle is getting older, and some of these, uh, like Christian McCaffrey, has been injured. Like, if you get a full, healthy season of McCaffrey, can you bank on that happening again as he gets closer to 30? And some of the defensive players, it's hard to keep a top defense together for more than like a year or two years or three years. So for the 49ers... The opportunity is right now. I know they're trying to make it seem like, hey, we're all good. Hey, California, we're all just chilled and laid back here. And Brock Purdy's going to come back from that Tommy John surgery. It's his job. We got we brought Sam Darnold in. We got a veteran here. Like, everything's good. Do you think that's really how they feel? They've been banging their head against the wall. They, they had the Chiefs on the ropes in a Super Bowl a few years ago, right? They've been pounding on the door, NFC Championship games. They've been playing these close playoff games. They know they're one of the best teams in the NFL. Do you think they're comfortable with their current quarterback situation? Well, they well, they brought in Sam Darnold. He sucks. He, Sam Darnold's not going to lead you to a Super Bowl. They brought him in just like as an insurance policy, so they're not as desperate if some of these other Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins things you know drag out. So from the Niners' perspective, I'm not buying that everything's cool here, totally comfortable going in 
with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold, right? And on the Viking side, they have basically said here with the re-maneuvering of Kirk's contract that we're going to play out the last year. We don't want to make a long-term commitment. Mark Wilf, Kevin O'Connell, Quasi, like all of their media interviews, they've basically talked about, we're just going to focus on 2023, right? So if they've decided to move on from Kirk after the season, if a team comes in and says, I don't know, like the Niners, and says, we'll give you draft capital, maybe even a future starting quarterback like a Trey Lance, because we want your guy right now. Would you turn down compensation for a guy that you're going to just let walk you know, in the offseason next March? And then from Kirk's perspective, he has a full no-trade clause. He can control all this, right? Well, he has to, he has to waive his no-trade clause. Judd's right. He's not going to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or like, you know, there's probably one team he would waive that no trade clause for. Maybe, maybe, and maybe if I don't know how he feels about like the Colts or some of these other teams, but the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan are probably the one team he would waive the no trade clause for. So it, it makes so much sense for both teams on paper. And that's why we've kind of been hammering it the last two or three years. Um, well, what are the Vikings going to do at quarterback? I don't know. Like, if they get Trey Lance, maybe they could still draft Hendon Hooker in the third round and just have two guys that are kind of competing for a couple years. They, they'll they'll figure out a path forward at quarterback. But if you can get in a, in a year in which you are resetting and getting rid of veterans on your team, why would Kirk be excluded from that conversation? And he's clearly not. They're clearly having these discussions. Or Mike Florio wouldn't have heard about this. Well, yeah. And if you're going to take a quarterback like Kirk into the last year of his contract, that's now become more and more, in my opinion, with a quarterback like that, akin to a coach sticking around for the last year of his contract, right? Like if you you are committed to your quarterback, how many, and I might be wrong, but I can't recall a ton in this day and age, get to the last year. And then it's like, oh, hey, let's negotiate a new contract. Yeah. So – but I just think, I think what Florio heard is probably conversations that have been going on for quite some time about exploring possibilities here. And yet the, the one thing we don't know, I'd be very curious, is how does Kevin O'Connell feel about Trey Lance? Because if he's like, I love him, uh, then it becomes much easier to just work this deal potentially as quickly as possible, which we don't know again. But I just I like the fact and I appreciate the fact that it feels like the Vikings are really leaving their options open this time. Like they are exploring their possibilities, they are doing a lot of due diligence, they are having a, a lot of conversations. And I know on some positions and topics Rick Spielman did the same, but it felt like on quarterback he just got so afraid. And like this is this, this is what we're seeing right now is such a logical step of a team that's confident about its ability to find a quarterback. Mm-hmm. it's a different world. It's not a, oh my God, what are we going to do? Let's just do this. I, I mean, I just don't know. It is a, we need a coherent plan. And that plan should never immediately start when the quarterback's gone for sure. It should start with the with the cushion of, we still have this guy. We're not in bad shape with him, mm-hmm. but we need to be exploring our options proactively. And if that rubs him the wrong way, i.e. Kirk Cousins, too bad. That's the business. Don't you guys find it fascinating though that clearly part of their plan if you believe some of the reporting here, like if you believe the Star Tribune's reporting, I guess, that, that Kirk and his camp offered, hey, we'll, we'll take a little discount here, a market discount. We don't need the $40 million that Daniel Jones made, which is, which is I think if you look at quarterback salaries right now, I think, I think Daniel Jones is kind of the marker of the, of the top 10. So he, Kirk's basically saying, I don't need to be one of the five highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. 
I don't even know if I need to be one of the 10 highest. This would be the first time in his career that he has said that. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be one of the top paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Don't you find it interesting? The Vikings then said, yeah, even, even with that offer, that's very nice of you. We're going to move forward here, whether it's after the 2023 season or maybe the, maybe the Niners thing comes to fruition this summer at some point. That they've turned down a slightly discounted version of a really good, like top twelve NFL starting quarterback. No, because they have a coach who is incredibly confident that he can find and develop his own own guy. And look, he got there's a there's a difference in my opinion between taking a a veteran quarterback or a guy like Daniel Jones who started off really shaky, and as I like to say, tricking that that player up, like turning that player into okay, what can we get? from you i think there's a big difference between that and getting a quarterback who you think from day one i can develop him because i don't know that a developed quarterback from a coach it's fair to call that guy tricked up i that to me is you start with the baseline and then it's like here's what i believe what do you believe and you go back and forth and you actually mold a quarterback you know a guy like kirk or jones it's more like okay here's what i need uh you're not comfortable doing this so i'll adjust here you adjust there And so, no, I think Kevin O'Connell, I think the way that this is playing out is very much how he probably thought of the plan, which is at the end of the day, when he leaves here, he's going to want to have credit for finding and developing his guy. And Kirk Cousins is a rental. In Kevin O'Connell's world, he's a rental. So interesting. So interesting. Reckless speculation turned very real, apparently. According to right, kids. Speculation. Mike Florio. That's right. It's, uh, yeah, it's never as reckless as you think it is in nope. uh, in professional sports. Before we uh, get to another interesting mock as well, let's go through. Let's just do a little inventory here of some of the remaining Vikings decisions that are still out there. Kevin Seifert did a great job laying out the some of the big ones here uh, on ESPN.com. And so uh, this look inside of the Vikings uh, off-season blueprint brought to you by Dennis Kirk, all you Ragnars out there, okay? I see next week, or maybe like Friday this week, it's going to get up to 55 or 60 degrees. Although, isn't it supposed to snow again maybe tomorrow? Rain, don't snow, just, we uh, don't know yet. Just, just uh, Okay. Yeah. Just keep Who going. Knows? Keep going where you were. But hopefully next weekend, you can dust off whatever it is you ride. A Harley, an Indian, a Metro Cruiser, a sport bike. You'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com, so you can ride more and weigh less. Over 180,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Shipping is free for orders over $89. You can order by 8 p.m., and they'll ship the same day. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. Also, a shout-out to those of you Purple Daily listeners and viewers who have followed the Olivia game plan to change your lives and lose a lot of weight. Yes, and that game plan is great because it is set up for you as I've told you before, the weight loss part, it's simple, it's easy, and most importantly, it's effective. And then if you want to go from, if you are uh, watching this right now on YouTube, if you want to go from being the guy on the left to being the guy on the right, and yes, I'm here to tell you in full honesty, that is the same person. Livia Weight Control Centers is going to help you keep that weight off for good, and that's the best part. Weight control, it's not a diet, it's not a fad. It is a weight control plan that is going to solve issues that so many of us have had for so long, which is we lose weight and gain it back. How would you like to keep the weight off? Livia is going to help you do that. And here's the best part. First eight weeks right now are free. So you join now 
Imagine that eight weeks for free. You are going to go into summer with that scale being a lot more user friendly. You are going to go into summer with all of those clothes that don't fit now fitting 855-GO-LIVIA, livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. That is your first step towards a new you, livia.com. Okay, so Dalvin Cook, he turns 28 years old here in August. So in the middle of training camp, he'll turn 28. Uh, He's already racked up like 1,500 career touches in his career to this point. He's been banged up. He's having shoulder surgery, which triggers a $2 million guarantee in his contract. It's always smart. If you think you need surgery and you have an injury guarantee in your contract, just do it. Just go get the surgery. Just do it. It's uh, it's like it's like hitting your deductible halfway through the year. You just go and get a bunch of free stuff done at the doctor's office. It's great. Uh, he's due to count $14 million against the salary cap this season and be paid $11 million in cash. And so, and, and Seifert did a good job kind of writing this up and seeing where the Vikings stack up after they signed Alex Madison. And then I, th- I think, uh, yep. Fullbacks are counted here too. And they brought CJ ham back. The Vikings now have the second most cash committed to the running back slash fullback position in the NFL, just on just a take under $20 million. That total trails only the San Francisco 49ers, ironically, who've pumped in, uh, money to that Christian McCaffrey slot, and then fullback Kyle Juszczyk. Now, I would say the difference is if you're the Niners and you're the Vikings, the Niners are a finished product right now. They just need to plop a quarterback on top. So you can afford, like where they were at last year, they can afford the luxury of, okay, we have our team, it's ready-made, and we have the luxury of adding Christian McCaffrey because yeah. everything else is, it, the defense is in play, the lines, like everything. So we can we, we have the luxury of paying a lot for you know, this sort of like the spinner rims on our uh, on our car. The Vikings, I don't think, are in that position anymore. I don't. I think if you're looking at the Vikings saying they're not going to be garbage, but they're definitely in roster evaluation transition mode to get to the next maybe three-year window. Do the Vikings have the luxury to spend as much money on running backs as the 49ers, who are an actual Super Bowl contender? The answer is no. The question is, at what point do they change that? It seems like Alex Madison probably doesn't come back unless, for, you know, for a multi-year contract, unless he's told his his snaps were diminishing year by year. His carries were like a career low last year. Why would he come back to just, and why would they bring him back for multiple millions of dollars to not increase his carries? So the writing seems like it's on the wall, but to this point, Delvin Cook remains a Viking. Uh, yes, and I'm still convinced that this is something is going to t- take place. And yeah, the the fact that he was brilliant enough to have that surgery to trigger the guarantee, and I I also think so. Part of the problem right now, I don't know what the exact stipulations are here, but I'm sure it scares teams off. You know, when free agency started, and the Vikings certainly could have or did have talks about Cook's future here. Uh, I don't think at that point in time there's any way, and I think Doogie talked about this, that he could pass a physical. And so I guess my question is, can he pass one now, like around the draft? Because I don't think you can trade. I don't think anyone's going to take him unless he can go into their facility and pass a physical. Yeah. Uh, my guess is that it's gummed up things, but I'm with you, Phil. There is no way that it's the Vikings' intention. I mean, you don't bring Madison back. In fact, that surprised me just to start off with, even if uh, Cook didn't return. So... That's a decision. I think there's a few of these that you're going to get to that are very much in progress. Like there are no, there's no guarantees starting with Cook that just because he's still on the roster today as the draft approaches 
means that he's going to be on the roster when the offseason program starts. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Dalvin thing, too, I think sometimes we think in terms of you know the lead-up to this year's draft, and can you get a draft pick for this year's draft? Well, oftentimes, in the case of uh, Unique Ngakwe a few years ago, that move happened in August or whatever, July or August, and it was a second-round pick for the, the following draft. So just just because this draft comes and goes in a few weeks from now, it doesn't mean that, oh, that means they're not going to trade Dalvin. No. In fact, teams teams might want to see how right, do we get some value at running back? Did Bijan Robinson fall in our laps if we're the Buffalo Bills? And if the answer is no, okay, now we'll look for for other options. So it feels at this point with the surgery and now that we're close enough to the draft, teams are going to want to see can we get some cheap young running back talent? And then for the teams that don't, are there two suitors out there that you know would give you a six round pick or something for for Dalvin? So I, if I had to bet, I would say he's definitely not a Viking. In 2023, unless he agrees to take a huge pay cut and restructure that contract. But if you're him, sometimes players from an ego standpoint are just like, I'd rather just go test the the market somewhere else and go play somewhere else. But if you did that, like the the one thing I don't get about this is if there is a scenario in in which Dalvin Cook returns, which which unless he's hurt automatically means he's your top guy, then the Madison thing makes no sense unless he had no offers. Like if you if you're yeah. him, why on earth would you have come back with the off chance? It it almost feels like he was told, "Don't worry about it. It's going to get at some point in time before the season starts taken care of." It makes no sense for him to come back because if he comes back and Cook comes back, I don't see them reversing the depth chart. Yeah, I, I and also like if if Madison didn't have any other offers out there, would the Vikings have given him? They didn't like break the bank with him, but they would they wouldn't have given him the money they gave him, right? Also, the uh, I think it was Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune reported that the Vikings expressed interest in David Montgomery before Montgomery signed with the Lions. So they were sniffing around the possibility of replacing him externally and internally, obviously with Madison. So there was some offers that they've been looking at other running backs. And I, I think Seifert's right at this point. If it's not a pay cut, he's gone. And if Dalvin wants, and if Dalvin says I don't want to play ball with a pay cut, I'd rather go get paid somewhere or leverage myself to get paid. This time next year, I'd probably bet on myself there too. It, it just doesn't seem like it's adding up that he, that Dalvin Cook is going to be the starting running back for the Vikings this season. Interesting. Had not seen the the Brad Biggs David Montgomery report, but Montgomery is a starting running back. He's a guy that last year he had almost 240 touches. He had 265 touches the year before. You know, 300 touches in 2000. You don't bring a guy like that in if you're also planning on keeping. So if if that was their plan, it's that they're probably just waiting on. Well, he had shoulder surgery, and you know some team is going to want to make sure that he's healthy enough before. And there's no rush. I'm not sure. I love that investment idea, though. Like th- that's an interesting one to me. I I would think that Quazy would be much more reluctant to pay that position. And M- Montgomery, I'm sure, didn't come cheap. I forget what he it was. Got in Detroit. It was three years, eighteen million. Okay, so it's with not terrible, uh, eleven million guaranteed, so more than Madison, but yeah. not yeah. anywhere near the Dalvin Cook numbers. Yeah, I, yeah, I think we all all agree Cook is probably gone, which is fine. He probably should be. The other ones that are still sitting out there, and we can maybe do a deeper dive on a future episode. But Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. So with Marcus Davenport, the Vikings basically have three starting high end edge rushers, and I say high end for Davenport because. The talent, the measurables. A couple of years ago, he had nine sacks. 
His pressure rates are top 20. He only had a half sack last year, which is it's almost impossible to have a good pressure rate, have like 40 or 50 pressures or whatever it was, and only have a half sack. Um, but but he is, for the money he was given and just for his sort of stature and everything, he's not coming in to be a backup unless they have some crazy plan for three starting caliber edge rushers to just rotate in and out of that Brian Flores defense, which would be super fun. Uh, but to this point, it kind of remains the same with Zadarius Smith. Uh, he did get a $5 million guaranteed salary triggering a few weeks back, so it makes it just a little bit, you can't just cut him now. So they, they're, they're either going to have to redo his contract or trade him. Um, if they cut him now, the question would be, why would you not have cut him before the, the, the guarantee kicked in so you could have saved more to the cap? And then there's Daniil Hunter, who has a, and I'm sure him and his family will be fine, a $4.9 million base salary when a lot of his peers are making like 20 to $30 million in cash. They have to figure that out. So those are the biggest. I don't know if you guys have a, a feeling on like which way the Vikings are leaning in the Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter conversations, but it's been all quiet on that front the last few weeks. So I think Hunter is actually potentially recklessly speculating here one of their best trade ships. Oh, Yes. So, so I think that, but here's the thing. I think the way, and, and this is a total guess on my part, but trying to deduct how it seems the Vikings think now, which is a, definitely a new day. I don't know that they have one plan. I think that they have a lot of plans. And, and I think that that's smart. But, you know, Daniil Hunter, if you're going to make a significant trade, let's say you're going to trade up. Let's say in the first round, Will Levis starts to fall enough where he's creeping towards 10 or something. And you're going to, to trade up. Daniel Hunter becomes a really nice trade ship. Darius Smith is the type of guy who probably gets you a late round pick, but you're not going to like include him. Oh, hold on a second. Yeah. Next year's first, Zadarius Smith. Daniel Hunter's a different story. So, and something is going to happen with that contract. Something has to happen. He not he's not going to play on that contract. In Zadarius's case, he wants a new contract as well. So he basically, in his mind, thought that he signed um, a deal that would help the Vikings from a cap perspective in 2022. And I think he saw the last couple of years of that contract of his as as just a phony contract. We'll redo it. If the Vikings are reluctant, I don't blame them. I mean. Maybe you can trade him for like a sixth round pick. And Davenport, I think the one concern there and his contract when the details got out sort of spelled this out with Marcus Davenport. I think the one concern is, can he stay on the field? So like there are definitely incentives playing time, blah, blah, blah on that. But so they're all three different scenarios. But the Daniil one to me is interesting because it's been so quiet. Like ordinarily by now, it feels like previously when Daniil's had contract issues, We've heard about them by now. It's been quiet. Has he been promised he'll be taken care of? Or 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 has he been told, you know, hold on a second, we're doing something. And he's and he knows what's going on, but it hasn't leaked out yet. Also, I feel like wouldn't his agent I'm I'm assuming that some of the, the good, smart Vikings beat writers out there, although Chris Thomason just went to Denver, so you know, there is a there is a void in the uh you know, the number of people that will put in a phone call to an agent, I guess, market. But is his agent just not getting back to It's just weird that there hasn't been any sort of discussion or information out there from his standpoint. 
Uh, and I don't think we're like overreacting to this. He's not going to play on that contract. No, there's no he. way. Nor should he. So, and if and it depends. Do they do they view him as a guy that fits the three year window here from age right. twenty nine to thirty thirty one, or do they view him as a guy that they should sell high on? get as much value as possible because he's kind of reached the end of his elite days as an edge rusher. He's very, very good. I don't like three years ago, people were talking about him rightfully. So as the best edge rusher in the NFL, he's not in that discussion anymore. Is he likely to get back to that discussion at age 29, age 30? Or do you have a guy that, you know, some team might a desperate team that is looking to take a step in the AFC playoffs or something that they'd like to squeeze the last year of potentially close to elite play out of him for a first or second round draft pick. Like you'd have to strongly consider that if if a team would offer it. I think it's fair to say the metrics in 2022 on him showed that he was grossly misused. And so I, I think that there's a very good case to be made that he is still very good. And the fact was he still had a lot of sacks, but he got a lot of pressures. And I think playing in the system that he was, which we all know was not the best system, uh, I think there's a very good case the teams would still have a strong enough interest where he could draw you. If you traded him, it'd be a damn good trade chip. On Zadarius, there's no denying he got off to a great start, but he got hurt then. I think he got hurt in November against Buffalo with that knee, and it was never the same. So, like, it's a lot – you can't look at Z and say, oh, look at that man. I mean, the first half was great, but then he got hurt and bang, that's it. I think Daniil was more a, a – I think Daniil was held back from having a great season by his use. He's, he had a good and, one. And that and that might be true, but he doesn't get to, like, bottle that year that he lost then. It wasn't yep. like a lost year. They won 13 games and he had a big season, played all, played all the games, made a bunch of money, but – you, you, oh, you get Brian Flores now, so the system's going to be better. Yeah, but like you don't get your age 26, 27, 28 sure. injury plagued and Ed Donatel plagued years back. So sure, but but um, a team might. But I could see him drawing a really nice return. Yeah, it's something to watch. Mm-hmm. At this point, anything is possible. Quasi could be capable of anything. We don't know. Oh, you're making that up, Mackey. Let's see what happens. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I want a mock. mock. All right. By the way, the, the people have spoken. I did put it out last week. Hey, we had a guy, was it Bob, was very upset that we continue to play the unprofessional I want a mock sounder here. And I would oh, say yeah. a few people agreed with Bob, but overwhelmingly, resoundingly, between uh, the YouTube comments, tweets, emails over the weekend, I would say 90% of you <laughs> want to keep the I want a mock sounder. So it will stay. It will stay. Uh, this one, I believe this is the 37th one we have done here in our mock draft roundup segment. Lately, the hot trend is quarterback at 23 for the Vikings. There's been a couple of Hendon Hookers, a couple of Will Levises, some wide receivers. It's been a while since we've seen a cornerback to the Vikings at 23 now that they signed Byron Murphy. 
So let's see what Sam Farmer, L.A. Times, oh. has to say. All right. Oh, oh this is big time. Sam big time. is great. So uh, why is it big time? He's a longtime mocker, right? Longtime mocker, and, and he's been on, on the beat. I mean, he's been on the beat probably since the 80s. Like, like the NFL is, beat? Uh, yeah, he's a, okay. he is a big name in, in the, the world of newspapers. And I think he's the first one to do this with the number one overall pick. Oh, Sammy, bring it. Have not seen this yet. Uh, there's been some buzz. Have not seen anyone actually stick their necks out and do this with the number one pick. Okay. But Sam Farmer, LA Times, has Anthony Richardson going to the Carolina Panthers with the number one pick. Yep. Mm. Told you. Bring, that's a fastball right there. Up and in. Then he's got Bryce Young going to Houston, Will Anderson going to Arizona, C.J. Stroud falling to the Colts at four, Ooh, interesting. and then Will Levis grabbing, uh, the, the Seahawks grabbing Will Levis at five. Four quarterbacks, first five picks. Sammy, big brass ones to the mock draft. Dude, interesting. All right, he's got, let's see here, Jalen Carter falling to Atlanta at eight. Let's scroll down. The first receiver off the board is to the Houston Texans at 12, Jackson Smith Njigba. And then let's get to the late teens here. Wow, interesting. So a, lot of, a lot of meat and potatoes here. Edge, tackles, Nolan Smith, Keon White. Okay, Vikings on the clock here with the 23rd pick. Jordan Addison goes right in front of them to Baltimore, the USC yep. receiver. All right. And with the 23rd pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, according to... Sam Farmer from the L.A. Times, the Minnesota Vikings select out of Pennsylvania State University, cornerback Joey Porter Jr. Oh, wow. So he fell to him. If he's still on the board, Porter would be a great fit in the scheme of new defensive coordinator Brian Flores. I'm buying that. Like, it, I would be... So, I don't think that you should take a cornerback at this point in time for the sake of, of it. And I probably right now, or not probably, I skew receiver there if they stay there. But if Joey Porter, Porter Jr.'s there, yeah, I'm buying that pick. I think that's that's a guy who in in the majority of mocks and I think with the buzz has done nothing since we started doing mock drafts. Yeah. But moved up. And so if you could get him at 23, yeah, I think that's a uh, very solid Super interesting. That's the first time. I'm not saying it's the first time anyone has mocked him to the Vikings. It's the first time in the mocks that we have done on this show and Mackie and Judd that we've seen Joy Porter Jr. to the Vikings. We got some Cam Smith, some Deontay Bankses, some uh, Keely, Keely Ringo, right? That's how you pronounce his name. Um, There's a couple of Emmanuel Forbes in there early. Like Mel Kuyper had Emmanuel Forbes, I think, for his first mock draft. But yeah. That's the first Joey Porter Jr. So there you go. That's the first one. Interesting. It felt like he was around 23 early when you started to read the mocks, and then quickly it got to he was going like 12th or 14th. Yep. No Hendon Hooker in the first round. So Sam Farmer has put an end to the the Hendon Hooker buzz. By the way, John Michael Schmitz going 25 to the Giants. Jalen Hyatt, receiver Tennessee to the Cowboys at 26. Zay Flowers to the Bills at 27. Bijan Robinson to the Saints at 29. So interesting stuff here. Sam Farmer. I like what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I like that. Came in for the bullpen, mixed it up. That mock draft update, I want a mock presented by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's all about risk management. It's like really like fortifying your defense. 
You draft a young cornerback. You're it's risk management. You're trying not to allow the other team to score points. Um, just like you're trying not to allow external circumstances, some of the the things that you encounter as a business owner, you don't want them to derail your business. Uh, that guiding hand from Federated Insurance helps you look out on the horizon and protect against risk. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, dudes, uh, over on Mackie and Judd, our other daily show, we're going to complain about the Minnesota Timberwolves today, and it's going to be very well, therapeutic. But just quickly, though, we're also going to praise a little bit on the second half of that show, at the back end, your 3-0 and Minnesota Twins. Let's get it. Now, I'm a little disappointed they allowed a run to the Royals. I, I tweeted that. Perfection gone. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, so I might criticize them, but we'll see. All right, uh, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Tomorrow, it's Reckless Draft Speculation with our guy, Thor Nystrom. And uh, we'll see you over on Mackie and Judd for some therapy. Later.